How is it going? I hope your quarantine is going as positive as possible. The world's a wild one, but I'm here to talk about all the magical shit that happened in the NFL today. Big moves. Big moves. DeForest Buckner, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, one of the freak foursome that they had on the defensive line, traded to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th pick. That's an interesting move. Chris Ballard said, hey, we need to stock up that D-line. Let's go ahead and bring in a 25-year-old guy who's six foot seven and a monster. Welcome to Indianapolis, DeForest Buckner. I think you'll love it. Welcome to Cleveland. Case Keenum signs with the Cleveland Browns, like $10 million guaranteed over two years. Is that a backup salary? Seems like it. If I'm Stefanski, a great guy to bring in to maybe mentor Baker Mayfield. Is Case Keenum the man who once said that his best day of his life is whenever, uh, when he found his relationship with Jesus Christ? Said that immediately after the Minneapolis miracle. Seems like a good guy, humble guy, hardworking guy. Maybe that'll be a good uh, quarterback room for old Baker. And watch those Cleveland Browns who also signed Jack Conklin, offensive lineman from Tennessee, was supposed to go to the Jets, everybody thought. Instead, the Browns, realizing they have a bad offensive line problem last year, signed Jack Conklin to a lot of money, $30 million guaranteed or something like that. It's a wild time right now. Tom Brady's still not signed. Conversation's still happening on where he could possibly go to. We dive into it all today. I think you're going to enjoy this show. And I'm thankful you chose to listen. And I'm thankful for the fact that whenever this whole thing is over and we're back to going to live events, when we're back to going to sporting events and we're really cherishing our time outside of our homes and maybe we're at a concert or a comedy show or, you know, maybe even some theater for some sophisticated motherfuckers, you know what? We're going to enjoy it so much more because of these times we're being confined and holed up in our house. And when those times come, there will only be one ticket, place to go, and that's our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is obviously in the same spot as a lot of Americans right now. The future's in jeopardy. The future's in question. They have no idea what to do. They're kind of just riding this wave of a worldwide pandemic, but they know that whenever it's time to get back out there and live a little bit, they'll be there ready to give you the best tickets available on the entire internet because they scan all the other ticket buying platforms and make sure you're getting the best value for the ticket that you buy. And right now, use promo code PAT, you'll get $10 off. And when you use promo code McAfee, you'll get $20 off. I don't know if it's going to be in two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months, you name it. But whenever it's time to get back and live a little, you're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. SeatGeek will be the best place on earth to go and do that. And the moon, by the way. And with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional terrible way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Stupid. Or there's the other way, the smart way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection. It's the two-time, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole damn home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely even notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is that you can set up this entire system all by yourself. Anyone can do it, even Zito. Even Zito can do it. 
That's not in the actual ad read, but I just had a real moment thinking of Zito setting this up because he set it up in our office. He helped me set it up at my house. He set it up at the pub. Zito can do it. Anyone can do it. And it takes 30 minutes to an hour tops. And there's absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. You have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice, 24-7, 365. It's only 50 cents a day and no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Wow. Wow. Go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee. That's simplysafe.com slash McAfee. Before we get to the conversation, I just want to let you know that our YouTube is popping during this quarantine. Yesterday, we went live four times. My show, obviously, from 10 to noon. Then from 1 to 2.30, me and AJ Hawk went live talking about all the things happening in the world. Then we went live for the first day of the Office Olympics, which was Evan Foxy shooting basketballs from an office chair from an NBA 3. He went one for 10, so we only gave away $1,000. We're going to give away $1,000 to the commenters in the YouTube for every shot he made. He made one out of 10. It was a much harder shot than we could have imagined, but we thought he'd make more than one. We gave away $1,000 to the commenters. And then we went live for the recording of the pod, and we plan on doing that throughout this entire thing. YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. We'll be popping in there with the Office Olympics. We'll have more challenges to give away money. We'll have live shows on a daily basis. We'll be doing all types of things to hopefully help us all get through this goddamn quarantine with no sports, no interaction, no live anything. Hopefully we can give you a little mental vacation like this show will be right now. The thing that the NFL said the league schedule is staying on time, which means the draft is happening at the same time. Then if the draft was to move, then the league wouldn't be on the same schedule. Now they're calling, they've called Vegas and canceled it basically and said, it's not going to be public. I'll be intrigued to see how, if they go war room to war room, have the teams actually select from their war room. Like I uh, have one central place. Like maybe it's rich Eisen in Culver city in a studio. And he's like, all right, on the clock now is the Indianapolis Colts. Get a look into the war room. Then whenever they're ready, have Chris Ballard GM, you know, step up and say, uh, with the 13th pick of the 2020 NFL draft, we select to join this team, T. Higgins or, or whoever mm-hmm. it would be. That'd actually be pretty cool, I think. So oh, if yeah. you're going to do it in a manner without fans and you're not going to do it in the public grand area, and I understand that would take a little bit away from Roger Goodell's moment there, um, I think that would be kind of cool if you just eavesdropped into the war rooms and had the teams actually make their picks from there. I would assume something along those lines or another fashion would be done as opposed to postponing it because it seems like the NFL is dead set on keeping everything exactly how it is, including free agency and tampering period that kicks off in an hour and nine minutes signing which are the new league year it starts at four o'clock i mean they're staying on the course if they have to do without fans or in a different fashion i don't think they care at this point yeah all in on as that as the way to do the draft this year that'd be dope wouldn't yeah. it yeah that'd be dope welcome rich eisen sitting there with his bald head you know and his his suit in culver city at nfl network and it's welcome to the 2020 nfl draft some highlight reel of all the the players and mm-hmm. that, like a boom 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 right back to it uh due to social distancing because uh, we canceled everything uh we are going to be doing the draft a little bit differently for instance the first pick of the nfl draft will be done by the cincinnati Bengals. let's take a look at their war room it goes into a shed you know <laughs> They probably don't have the Wi-Fi. The Bengals don't even have a war. They don't have Wi-Fi or whatever. And no, it's not the Bengals fans' fault. We're just talking strictly the Bengals organization and how it's run like a dumpster. But the um, <laughs> So that might be a little bit tough. But I think that would be a cool way to go in there. And it's the actual GMs talking, like Andrew Barry of the mm-hmm. Browns, Ballard. I think that would be awesome if they're like, you know what, to join our team, 
We think this guy's fast. Chris Ballard. We think this guy's fast. We think he's a good culture fit. We think this guy's got good grades. He's won a championship. We're taking wide receiver T. Higgins from Clemson. That would be awesome. Then you see the room react. And then I think that would be a cool way to do it if they were to do it. But it does sound like they're not moving it. That's also cool because you watch. I watch the draft maybe for 20% of what's going on at the draft. And then 80% just to find out where someone's going. Yeah, no one cares about about Something. people walking up and dapping up Goodell. Like, you, you're watching it because you want to see which guys are going where, and that's a, a really cool alternative. Now, granted, they you won't have the moments, you know, the moments. Right. Mm. Well, it's a pandemic. <laughs> Unless Chris Ballard lets me into the war room to announce a pick. <laughs> Something to think about. Uh, they want me to do a bunch of stuff. I mean, we can barter. We can do business if you like. <laughs> That would be awesome. Yeah, you won't have the people doing the random picks, though. Yeah. But I think it would be cool to get, a like, Jerry Jones telling what pick it is. Like, that'd be awesome. I can't believe we just fixed the draft. They might never go back to a live Ever. draft, by the way. Seeing teams scramble, like, if a guy gets picked, like, right before him when they <laughs> were right yeah. Oh, son of a... <laughs> call a trade. Call the Browns. Call the Bengals. <laughs> call the Lions. Call a team. That would be awesome. Did we just fix the draft? I yeah, you so. did. Huh. <laughs> You look like you haven't seen the sun in six years. I am on the other side, a little bit more out of shape than you. But we do have an open that I'd like to get to right now. Look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. Play good, pay good. Pay good, live good. Live good, die good. AJ Hawk is currently quarantined in Ohio. I'm quarantined in Indiana. There's no live sports, so we figured we'd talk about them. AJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, but technically we are not quarantined, Pat. I mean, I, you can technically get out and move around if you want, can't you? Yep. I drove to this office this morning for 13 minutes, actually, so I am not quarantined. But we are in the office currently on a massive day. This March 16th is the tampering period day that is kicked off for the NFL and franchise tag day. So although live sports have stopped, the business side of the NFL is off and running. Well, yeah, of course. But I felt like you were throwing to a, a clip there, Pat, with your tone and how you were delivering that. Well, Diggs just walked in, so something big just happened. Diggs, what happened? The Broncos are in on Tom Brady, and the Cardinals and Texans are agreeing to a trade that will send David Johnson to Houston. Okay, so David Johnson's going over there to Houston, and Denver Broncos are in for Tom Brady. For those that are just keeping up here, Tom Brady was allegedly going to the Titans because he FaceTimed with Vrabel and used to play with him. He was allegedly going to the Niners. Those teams said, nah, now everybody is in play, and the Denver Broncos, just like they made a play for Peyton Manning, potentially making a play for Tom Brady to to save their souls. Yeah, so, but I saw something, Pat, where they acted like once the Titans were out and Tannehill got re-signed by them, it was Tampa Bay or back to New England for Tom Brady. Why Why was it ever just Tampa Bay? Like, okay, I'm sure we'll talk about the Colts at some point. They're, that's your team. Why Why is he not an option for the Colts? The Colts are signing Phillip Rivers. Well, I, we've been saying that on my show for like three, four weeks. You think if, we- if, Phil, if they have the option between signing Phillip and Tom, they're going to take Phillip? You know, that's interesting. <laughs> hey, Hey, AJ, that's an interesting question you just asked because people around here, just like in every other city in America that has an NFL team, they hate Tom Brady here. They, I mean, they don't like Phillip Rivers, but they hate Tom Brady here, honestly. I, I don't. What, just because of the, the Peyton yeah. Tom Brady rivalry that went on for so long? Yeah, yeah. And even though Peyton's young, friends. Young kids them, don't know about that, though. Yeah, Pat. young kids don't know that Peyton and Tom used to have a big rivalry, and Peyton and Tom are friends now, but this city, 
That burns a little bit deeper than people could imagine. A lot of people hate Tom Brady. Indianapolis is one of those cities. But I think Phillip Rivers ends up here with the Colts, even though the Colts would be a good fit for Tom Brady, good team, need to add another weapon. But everybody's talking about Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is ready to fucking give him everything. Roster control, potential offensive play call control, Bruce Arians, Clyde Christensen, and the boys kind of on their swan song down there. They just want to win one, and they got weapons, including if they bring in Antonio Brown, who, who's potentially going there. That's why I think everybody's talking about the Buccaneers, but I guess John Elway, let's not leave that son of a bitch out of this thing. I, I think I, I can envision Tom well, Brady in Denver Broncos uniform. This is, unbe- <laughs> this is unbelievable. I've been like this thing seven times. What are you doing? What happened? Well, it's my CBD cone. Obviously, oh. it's a CBD. It makes my joints mm-hmm. feel better. Mm-hmm. And I light it and it goes out. And then I light it and it goes out. But anyways, I'm sorry I interrupted you there. You should try maybe a, a different delivery mechanism for your CBD, your strictly CBD strain that you have in there. Well, my strictly CBD could be bonged. It could be gas mass. It could be bold. It could be steamrolled. It could be blunted. But in my eyes, the cone is the most efficient and easiest to do, but it just won't stay late. I don't know why. Maybe it's because coronavirus got to it, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I interrupted yeah, It obviously is the most efficient and best way to deliver your CBD into your body since you have to relight it every four seconds. So right, I'm glad that back you, to you had a FaceTime. <laughs> First back. off, you FaceTimed me yesterday, Pat. Stop talking over me. You had a FaceTime last night <laughs> oh my God. where you described the cone to me and how it's transformed your life. It's... Yeah, if you would have listened to me whenever I was speaking over top of you, it's easy, it, it's convenient, it normally stays lit for time, be- but now it's just not, it's not performing under pressure right now, I'm a little bit worried about it, but let's talk about football. Tom Brady, your thoughts, please. So, yeah, I, I know what just happened earlier, I know because it's your stream, I guess, y- your voice will be heard, we were both speaking at the same time, very unprofessional by both of us, I guess oh I will my. take the brunt of that, Pat. So your voice will be heard to everybody where I'll just be talking and you'll see my mouth moving and nothing coming out. I understand how this Skype situation works. I don't know what you're even... Stop signaling your... What? My quarantine studio. Oh, I'm sorry. I you're lost there you. talking to the boys. We lost you there. Sorry, we lost you from Word to quarantine studio. <laughs> it's great to have you back. Now let's get to the Tom Brady, please. Okay, so... Off, off and running here, Pat, aren't we? It feels good to, to be back in the saddle with you. It is. I mean, we're gonna. it's going to take a little bit to work out, you know, the ebbs and flows. We're going to have to have our horse blinders on. But I think this is going to be a one-stop shop for great conversation on a daily basis. Oh, I agree 100%. What, what else are we doing? It's such a weird time right now with, mm. with no sports, and we don't have to sit here and go over what's going on with the coronavirus. It changes minute by minute. But when you talk about the Broncos jumping in the conversation for Tom Brady, it makes sense to me. Why wouldn't you go after Tom Brady? It's probably, you're probably going to give him, what, a two-year deal? Make him happy? How many, how much, how many million a year in that two-year deal? Uh, let's go $25 million a year. Well, if you go two-year deal with him, obviously it's, it's pretty much guaranteed. So say two years, $50 million guaranteed, Tom. That's much less than what Tannehill just got paid from the Titans. Yeah, you're right, man. Were you sure? But Tannehill's deal, I, I also see that it's like a two-year prove-it deal. After the second year, yeah, they will already paid him 60-some million guaranteed. They could get rid of him if they want to. It's kind of hard to see. I don't think we got good circulation in here. <laughs> Coronavirus attacked our vents. But I think, I think Tom Brady, that $50 million fully guaranteed is going to be the number, I think. Unless, unless it becomes like a bidding war between the Buccaneers, the Chargers, and the Broncos, and somehow somebody's like, all right, well, fuck it. We'll just give you $35 million, and this is all we want from you, you know? It, with the Broncos getting into play, though, 
nobody's talked about them, right? I mean, nobody talked about the Broncos when Peyton Manning was up either. Everybody thought it was potentially the Titans because there was a rumor that they were going to give them a percentage of the fucking team at one point. Then the, the Rams were going to Los Angeles, so the thought was like, hey, get Peyton Manning in L.A. because he could be the face of a team. Then the Broncos kind of came out of nowhere, and they handed the keys over to Peyton as soon as he got there. Like, hey, here you go. This is your – now that's gotten Adam Gase four different jobs now since that. <laughs> but they had a hell of a run there. I would assume John always like, okay – this is we'll do exactly what we did with Peyton. We'll give you the keys. We'll let you do your own thing. We've done this before. We got a good defense. Von Miller's still here playing football. That's actually not a bad landing spot. Our guy Drew Locke, who's not scared to rap a little Jeezy on the sideline, kind of has to take a back seat and learn from a goat for a little bit. But that would be a hell of a play. All of a sudden, nobody had been talking about the Broncos. Yeah, they hadn't. But my, the, I think the bigger question is why? What happened between Tom Brady and the Patriots? Why the the rumor out there was that they said they they may give him around what thirteen fourteen mil for and only a one year deal, not even a two year contract. What's happened? Are are they completely down on Tom's play and think that he's done, oh, I don't or do they just not want to pay him upwards of twenty million a year? I don't know. Belichick's an interesting cat, isn't he? I mean, he he's a fucking interesting dude. Well, that- especially since Bill's the one making the decisions. But Robert Kraft's writing the checks. He's signing them. But Robert Kraft makes no qualms about how big of a fan of Tom Brady he is. But he, he completely turns control over to Bill. And he's like, that's that's all on Belichick. I'd love to have Tom back, but that's all on Bill. Belichick will do whatever whatever he wants, dude. Belichick is – Well, I mean, isn't that not true? That like Belichick will do things that are so out of the norm – if any other coach was to do it or GM was to do it, they would get hammered. But with Belichick, everybody's like, oh, well, he's got a plan probably. I would well, assume. I was Last night I watched the 30 for 30, the two Bills, him and Parcell, and yeah. talking about all the way back to their giant days, how Belichick is just this cerebral guy. Like he doesn't, there's no emotions. He doesn't worry about anything out. He can focus for a long period of time. He's in the details. Everything's so small. He'll get rid of somebody before they're even close to, crashing out he did it with Bruschi he did it with McGinnis he did it with Randy Moss he did it with Vinatieri he's done it with Richard Seymour Richard Seymour he's done it with Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel he's done it with everybody and they always talk like Akeem Tlaib said on NFL Network last week he was like um he was like uh Tom Brady gets treated the same exact way in team meetings as everybody else by Bill Belichick so if he's treating him the exact same way in front of everybody else in team meetings let's assume he's treating him the exact same way as everybody else in business conversations and Akib Tlaib said if that phone call want the way people are reporting is not as planned he was like I've had some phone calls with Bill Belichick that didn't go as planned either and that I think Tom I think Bill Belichick's a lot more out on Tom Brady than a lot of people are are commenting about I, I wonder if the Patriots are like moving on like hey we got to do this and now Tom has to go find somewhere else anyways I mean that's what it seems like the fact that we got to this point and free agency is supposed to open up tomorrow we'll, we'll see if that happens they might push it back it sounds like right now the legal tampering period's happening so maybe it stays on I, I just read something too Pat where they're they're calling like that they're saying the NFL has to cancel free agency yeah, because what? it's kind of bad optics. Like, isn't it? Don't we have sports yeah. to kind of take us away from everything and get us into like when we have bad things going on around us? See, you got that Rovell tweet. Darren Rovell tweeted out this morning. He tweeted out this morning that all these announcements of these contracts are they look bad optically they look bad it's bad timing because people are wondering when their next paycheck's gonna come in. And by the way, 
I very much understand there's a lot of people going through some terrible, terrible, terrible shit right now. I have a lot of friends that are in the bartending business and the restaurant business. That's going to take a massive hit. I mean, SeatGeek is one of our biggest business partners, and that place is in a, I mean, the secondary ticket market, obviously. I understand that there people are going through very bad. I know this is not a good time. Our business is going to get affected. I mean, I understand this is not a great time right now economically. So I can understand how the thought of potentially being fake outraged by hearing that other people are signing deal i could see how that could be a potential pander but darren revell tweeted out this morning is it going to take an actual player who's being offered millions to tell nfl owners that doing 60 million and 90 million guarantees in this time is an insanely horrible look some of your fans are literally wondering how they're going to pay for their next meal i respect that that is a real thought i understand there's some people that are are worried about that and by the way that happens all the time but now even more so because of the wild times we're in but what are these guys supposed to do? Not take deals that are being offered to them? Like, what is it? Wouldn't this time make guys be a little bit even more thankful for guaranteed? Con- I just don't understand what the fuck's supposed to go. Like, what is Darren Ravel expecting them to do? Well, who is Darren Ravel mad at? Is he mad at the? He, he can't be mad who at the knows? players for accepting a deal between sixty and ninety million dollars guaranteed. You're not going to say no because it's bad optics. If you want to be upset and virtue signal somebody, I think you you direct that towards the league and these people that are putting the offers out there. I think Darren Ravel thought, and by the way, Darren Ravel is a very useful Twitter follower if you like information and stuff like that. And I've never met him in person. I saw him at that Houston Astro game, which we hated uh, that Greg guy. Uh, the worst. There's a guy named Greg who runs sweets or something. He should have been fired. I think lost his job. He was the one who was who thought of the idea to put the uh, the buzzers on him. He ran the sweets. He's a bad guy. But we saw Ravel. He was leaving as we were sitting down, and I said, Ravel. And he saw me and he stood and we were going to link up, but we were like 400 people away from each other because everybody was exiting at one time. So it never got to happen. I've never met him before, but this feels like a tweet that he thought was really going to go. You know, like when he put this out, he was like, fucking got him. Like everybody, everybody's going to feel this way. I think it got 60 retweets. If you have 2 million followers, 60 retweets and you're grandstanding on something, normally that thing will go. That one did not for him. And I don't know what players are supposed to do, Darren. What do you... You want you want Kirk Cousins, who already signed a ninety some million guaranteed dollar contract, that just got a two year extension, to be like, you know what? Don't pay me until I know America's getting paid. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? What well, Kirk Cousins is supposed to do? What What are you? Is Mike Tannehill or Mike Tannehill? Is Ryan Tannehill? who experienced football in its worst form down in Miami with Gase. Then he goes to the Titans and like runs off to the AFC Championship and then gets broken off having the time of his life. Is he supposed to be like, you know what? Now that I've thought about it, can't fucking go outside your house in some cities. Mm-hmm. Don't pay me anything. I'll play for free next year. <laughs> what, 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 what the hell is Tannehill supposed to? Diggs is back. Big Diggs, one. Diggsy, Diggsy's back. Texans are trading DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona per source. Wow. Oh, from Adam Shepard. Shit. Okay. Kyler Murray. Larry. Larry Fitzgerald's back again. Hey, that offense started cooking late in the year, too. They started, They were a problem for people. They were a real problem for people. DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona is kind of a buzzkill for me, though. Now, unless Arizona is going to make a big run at the playoffs, I thought he could have been like a reason why a team goes from boom to bang. I think the Cardinals have a lot more to fix, like potentially on the defensive side of the ball. But if he would end up with, let's say, the Colts or the Packers or another team that Patriots. needs the Patriots who need a weapon, he's, he's like one player that could have taken somebody right over the motherfucking hump and now in arizona it's like oh we still got some time 
Yeah, he is. Uh, he is that kind of player, but you never know with Arizona. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Ch- Chandler Jones somehow gets like the the quietest what eighteen sacks last year. The dude's He's a monster. So good, almost, by the way. What's that? He's so good. Yeah. And it's almost like it didn't happen for some reason. He didn't get the pub he deserved, so he's a stud. They have some some good players out there. Patrick Peterson's still around. But, yeah, what didn't you think uh, – wasn't there rumors that Hopkins possibly could have gone to Green Bay? Yeah, if he goes to – we – I floated that out on the show this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and a writer for The Athletic for the Green Bay Packers basically summarized me and Michael Lombardi's conversation about it, floating out the idea of the pack potentially being a place for him to go. And that thing got real traction in Green Bay. And yeah. I don't think Packers fans are normally on board with a lot of shit. They were on board with that. I think Green Bay needs a weapon desperately, and their fans know it, though. Yeah, they definitely could use somebody out there with Devontae Adams. I mean, he was banged up a little bit this year and was super productive. So DeAndre Hopkins would have been a huge help, but what, at what price? Like, what would you have had to give up? To I assume get it? it's a first, huh? Yeah, probably. I assume it had to have been a first. Everybody was talking about for DeAndre Hopkins, it had to be a first. Why, why, are, why are the Texans getting rid of him? Has anybody, have we found out why the Texans are? Why are the Texans getting rid a of him? A report was that they think his best years are behind him. Like Jeez. he's already. Oh, my. So they accept less than a first then, right? Like maybe. If that's what well, they. No, they probably said that after he was traded, I would imagine, that his best years are behind him. You wouldn't say that while he's still on the roster, would you? No, they did. They did. That's yeah, why he was floated that he was being traded. It was it was very weird because Lombardi said huh. they were trying to trade him last year too. I wonder why they're trying to get well, him. Out he of was. Him. I'm sure he was ready to go then too. I'm sure he loved it there. But he's probably like, hey, these guys obviously like, they've been trying to get rid of me for a while. That, that's got to get. That's got to wear on you after some time. I would imagine. Hey, he's a monster too. That dude. He is very good at the football. Very. He's very underrated. I feel like for some reason he kind of goes under the radar. Even though, yeah, of course he's a star. I know that, but I just think he's. I think he's that good that everybody should know he's that good. Digs update. Digs. I have full details on the deal. It's DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick going to the Cardinals. David Johnson and a second round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year going to the Texans. Say it again. DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick going to the Cardinals. Okay. David Johnson and a second round pick going to the Texans this year and a fourth round pick next year. So it was a second round pick. Uh, it was a second round. Now, David Johnson, he could, I guess, turn it on like he used to be, which, by the way, thank you, Diggs, for that update. The David Johnson, you remember him like three years? Was it three years ago? He took over the world. Three years ago, four mm-hmm. years ago, he took over the yeah. world. He was everything. He was the next he was the next guy, David Johnson. Then he got hurt. I think he broke his wrist or something, and then something else happened. He's kind of been gone for the last couple of years. But if if he comes back, I guess this is a mighty move for the Texans. But it sounds like this is just a second round move. Well, yeah, he was a second and a fourth the, the following year, I guess, when you when you look yeah, at the whole but, thing. But David Johnson, the, the Cardinals were kind of stuck with his giant contract that they paid him, and he was he he became the backup behind Kenyon Drake. Yeah, so hold on, they, they couldn't cut him either. That's the thing. Have you seen their con- like Drake. his contract? They couldn't cut him. They'd eat a, eat a ton of money. Kenyon Drake just got uh, transition tagged. Yeah, transition tagged today by the Cardinals as well. So obviously the Cardinals are ready to move on from the David Johnson era. They are able to get rid of him and get. One of the most under, I mean, that's a Arizona Cardinals, by the way. I don't know if they get talked about often for making good moves. This feels like a good move for the Arizona Cardinals. That's the when you say it, when you actually uh, you hear it back, man, that it's an amazing move for the Cardinals because they were kind of <laughs> stuck with his contract, David Johnson, even though he could still be a great player in the league, but could be kind of became the backup. You don't want if he's not your bell cow back 
taking every single rep pretty much and catching balls on third down out of the backfield, you don't want to be having to pay a guy over $10 million. Let's remember, Billy O just appointed himself officially the general manager recently. This is his first real move since anointing himself officially general manager. I feel like he just got beat by the high schooler Cliff Kingsbury a little bit. <laughs> Diggs is back with another update. Uh, Diana Rossini, I was told by a high-ranking source the Denver Broncos are not in, in the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Are these motherfuckers... <laughs> I am. Hey, these insiders. These insiders. Well, you know who did it, Pat? Don't, isn't there a, a chance that somebody in Tom Brady's camp floated it out there just to drum up some to, – to let other people know that, hey, we got a lot of teams interested. You're going to have to come with a good bid. Yeah, but in 2020, that shit's going to happen that just happened right there. John Elway's going to get on his own Twitter account and say, listen, I just opened four more car dealerships, and we are not in the business of Tom Brady. I just want to let you know. That's something that he could say right now in 2020. You could have said that like 10 years ago maybe when nobody knew anything, but that's an interesting thing. All these insiders, though. When you get this, why why do you want to be okay? When I see Adam Schefter now, I think on TV, he's got his two phones out and he's looking at his phone the whole time, trying to break news and getting texting, talking to all these different execs, GMs, scouts, players, whoever his sources are. I just don't, I don't care who's first, whether Schefter is first or Ian Rappaport. It doesn't matter to me. I guess their networks care though. Their networks love that they care. But do any fans truly care who broke the news? Well, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think like you're a fan of one of the other insiders, but that's their business, by the way. Their business is to be the first one that breaks it. That's every. That's like they have to get it checked. I think. I think they have to get it checked. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I don't know the rules. I wonder if they all have like a meeting, like an insiders meeting. They're like, all right, listen, we've all accrued a Rolodex of people that are going to leak information to us that they're not leaking to anybody else. We have to have some rules. You have to check it. But I wonder if that's the case because who's making the rules for the insiders? Nobody. Is it their own little world? I don't understand how the insiders work. Well, it's the whatever network they work for has to be worried about getting sued, I guess, so they can't put slander out there. Like you can't slander somebody. But I don't know, like false reporting, if you say, hey, I had a source. I said that uh, the Broncos were interested I guess they. What can they? What can they say? Like, if the Broncos are like, no, we're not. He could say, well, I have a source that says you were very interested. So it's like a your word versus my word. I guess maybe we should get into the inside game. Philip Rivers has come to agreement, uh, come to terms with the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, I have Damn. it on authority right Sources here. Say. Sources have said. What time is it? One twenty-seven here, uh, March sixteenth. I have cut. He took a good deal. Good for good for both sides. Knows it's kind of the end of the go. Have to build up the team a little bit. Good for Phillip Rivers. Good for the good for the Indianapolis Colts. Hey, good job, guys. Love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. But are are you all the way out on Jacoby Brissett? Me? Yeah. No. I was his biggest fan last year, but it does feel like everybody else is. And normally where there's smoke, there's fire. Feels like the Colts are probably out on him too. Chris mm. Ballard in that press conference uh at the end of the year talking about the entire year. He said, they said, uh, are you completely sold on Jacoby Brissett or something like that? And he was like, uh, well, that's why we gave him a short deal. We didn't know what we had, basically, is what he said. So he worked. Mm. A, he gave him like a two-year deal because he said he didn't really know what he had. And under the circumstances of your generational quarterback retiring 10 days before the season started, he said that's what he did. He offered him a two-year deal. We didn't know what it was. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then at the first half of the year, I was all in, by the way. I was selling him. I, I was a big Jacoby Brissett fan. Then he got hurt against the Steelers. Uh, Cam Hayward. Dropped an offensive lineman on his knee, hurts his knee, got sat out a game. Old buddy threw like forty five picks. What was his name? <laughs> the back former backup from the Hoyer. 
Hoyer. Hoyer. Uh, Hoyer threw 45 interceptions, and then Jacoby came back, and he was never the same after that. He was just never the same. So he was never been a starter for an entire offseason, and he got hurt, so that could have affected a lot of things. But that's a big-time decision that Ballard has to make, you know, because that team is very good around him. That's a very good team. Very, very well, good. Well, couldn't they think about bringing bring Phil Rivers in one or two years and have him kind of tutor Jacoby and bring him along? I don't know. Would that be a hard thing to do? Like, hey, you were the starter, then you're a backup, then you're a starter, then you're a backup, then you're a starter. That's like a very – that's an interesting thing for Jacoby. Oh, it it would suck for for Jacoby, but he would have to understand a little bit. It would be tough to deal with. I I get it. But what's the alternative? Like, you go somewhere else and be the backup? You think Phil Rivers worth a damn right now? I don't know. I think it'd be good. I think when you said Indianapolis, it made sense. I mean, we all know Phil Rivers has never had the strongest arm in the league. So I think playing half of his games indoors definitely helped. Just like if you're a kicker well, or a punter, it'd be great to play indoors. Four of those games. Four of those, Not half. There won't be uh, well eight and a half games next year. But only four of those games are truly in a dome. Let's have some respect. The other four home games are in a wind tunnel because it's like a convertible. Take the top oh. off, put the window down. Yeah, I got it. And you, you've explained that to me in the past. So, yeah, retractable domes are not kickers and punters and quarterbacks' friends, are you saying? Yeah, they actually become wind tunnels, which is worse than most other places. But I'm not here to complain because four of the home games I get to kick in a dome. But I did hate whenever people are like, oh, he's in a dome, he's in a dome. It's like, well, I'm actually in a fucking wind tunnel from like a car commercial for the first four home games. But I understand how the other four I'm not. And also in a dome, you don't have half the time the wind at your back. You know what I mean? There's actually no wind. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of things that I have a problem with. Uh, but Okay, so maybe I'm not so hot on Phil Rivers going to Indianapolis now that I'm more made more aware you. of this wind tunnel they're Thank playing you. in. It's got to be really tough to step and really drive a ball <laughs> outside the hash, outside the numbers. It did look like he was throwing a med ball there towards late in the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it looked like he was throwing a med ball, but maybe he was hurt. Maybe there was some underlying thing. Maybe he had a little muscle tweak or something like that. that he's Still, got- still, Pat, why – are the Colts not going after Tom Brady? You're, saying, you're telling me the Colts fan base, if they sign Tom Brady, Jim they're going to hold on to that hate. I don't know, man. I'm so intrigued by it, too, because the more teams that are dropping out, it's like, yo, if we're going to get Phillip Rivers, who's an old quarterback, I mean, why don't we think about getting old quarterback GOAT? GOAT. The, the greatest quarterback of all time. That seems like probably a smart move. Yeah, and a big reason they say, oh, Phil Rivers makes it makes a lot of sense because the interior of the Colts O line is so stout and powerful and Quentin Nelson. Well, guess what? Guess another who's another old quarterback that doesn't move around a whole lot? The best of all time. <laughs> okay. Why don't we why are why are the Colts not it, maybe they are. Maybe they're they're quietly going after Tom Brady. Maybe they're scared to release the information to the local. Listen, Tom, we, we are interested, but we're going to have to really work out a PR thing here because there's a, poten- there's a potential riot on our hands. <laughs> I mean, they hate him here, man. They hate Tom Brady here. They because ha- he beat the Colts so many times oh, or what? Such. Because, like, the Colts came to Indianapolis in 87 or whatever, 86, 87. So we're only, like, two generations of fans deep at this point, right? It's not like a five-generation fan base, six-generation fan base where it's like my dad, my great-granddad, my things like that where they pass down stories of what it's like to be a fan. These, this fan base was built around Peyton Manning, and the only real heartache they had on a regular basis was because of a guy named Tom fucking Brady. You know what I mean? And he stood for basically everything that India – like so the first batch of Colts fans had a great run there with Peyton, 
towards the end. Now, they stunk there for a while, but then Peyton gets in there and they're great, and there's this one evil guy in New England, and it's like that almost is carried through. Like they tell their kids, like, hey, everybody's good except for the Patriots and Tom Brady. Like that's just kind of how it goes. And that went with the luck generation, too, because the flake gate. Exactly. And the luck generation, by the way, I don't know how that fan – they might not be fans of football anymore, <laughs> the way the luck generation went. I honestly – um, before we get to some more news, I have a video I found on the internet that I'd like to show you, AJ. We'd love to see it. This comes from a lady in an airport bath or an airplane bathroom, uh, really, really doing her best to save uh, society. That is a blonde girl licking the <laughs> toilet in an airplane and then throwing up a double deuce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do you feel about that generation? That's a generation that's going to be running the world at some point. That gener- that TikTok generation right there. Is that Gen Z? I don't know. Is that what you guys are? Yeah, I believe oh, so. No, no, oh. no, not me. That's Connor and Foxy's no, generation. No, no. Probably a lot on the YouTube, their generation, too. And, and, hey, listen, you guys have grown up in an interesting time, interesting world, interesting accessibility to things that we could have never dreamed of as children. But I think you guys take it a step too far whenever we're talking about the fuckery. And this is said fuckery that I'm speaking of. Well, okay, I mean, first is, off. That is unbelievable. If, That's the cleanest airplane toilet I've ever seen, but, <laughs> but still yeah. disgusting. I don't care if I'm if I'm licking an airplane toilet. Coronavirus is the last thing I'm worried about getting. Like, can you imagine what is living on that toilet seat? I understand everything's been sanitized more as of late, but no, I'm not licking a toilet seat ever, let alone when the coronavirus is going around. So maybe that's her moment. Maybe that this girl what, was that TikTok. Maybe that's her her time to shine. My little nine year old daughter always wants to make little TikTok videos. Maybe if if she if my daughter brings this girl up later and wants to lick the toilet seat. Then we know this girl's going to be a star. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's how we'll find out. It'll be not my daughter. Not my daughter. She's not going to lick the toilet seat. But that the girl, if she comes across this this poor girl licking the toilet seat, your daughter right now is at home. She's nine years old. Yeah. Where do you think they would be, Pat? <laughs> I don't know, AJ. I, I school's canceled. I guess over there for everybody. Yeah, school's canceled in Ohio, and I I know it's other places. It's it's starting to to happen as well. So yeah, you got to. Parents got to get creative and try to teach. We had a we, we had a full blown missionary homeschooling situation going on today. How are you as a teacher? Are they calling you Mister Hawk or Dad? <laughs> no, I'm a terrible teacher. There was luckily my <laughs> my uh, my wife's good friend has young kids, and she was a teacher until she started having kids a couple years ago. So she was actually doing a great job with them. My wife did. They we printed out all kind of worksheets. Oh, they sent all this stuff out. But I I told all of the kids and the wives. I'm like, hey. Like this is, I had a lot of teammates that would do this. They come back, they maybe they had a couple down years. There's they have real high ceiling, a lot of potential, and they would go tell like the strength coach, "Hey man, this year's gonna be different. I'm gonna be real this year, man. Like this is it's gonna it's no joke." And my strength coach would say, "Hey, come talk to me like in two months, buddy. Like don't come out of the gates like that. Just just get a little bit better every day." And so how the homeschooling situation started off on day one, everyone came out of the gates so hot. I already told him like. <laughs> By Wednesday, you guys are going to be dead. All of you. Like, you're not because of any illness, just because you're going to wear yourself out because they're so all in. Like, the kids did 15 worksheets today and all story time and had a recess. We had a guy come over and work him out and take him through gym class, the guy that I work out with. <laughs> so we had a whole day one. We just was way too much. Like, it, we're not going to be able to keep this up. Why are people coming into your house? That's the purpose of this whole thing is to keep people away from people. And you're just inviting a gym teacher in, a retired teacher in, your wife's friends are in. You are harboring the coronavirus while potentially setting yourself up for absolute failure in about 48 hours in this whole homeschooling thing. 
No. Well, the the homeschooling thing will it'll it'll ebb and flow as the time goes during the time oh. off from school. But yeah, I, I would imagine we probably oh. it's not a big group or anything. It's just a, it's just a couple of their friends, and like we said, the one mom's a teacher. We don't we're not teachers. We don't know how we need her help. And if you're ever around teachers, Pat, you see like, oh, okay. You you're here for a reason. Like you're actually really good at getting all these kids to listen to you. It's very tough to get a group of kids to pay attention for more, actually, for even two or three seconds. Is that what you, you have? Like seven kids? How many kids do you have? Four. I have four. Yeah, and you like to say seven? Oh, you're twelve kids. Okay, <laughs> now I got four kids. That's a lot of kids. And you're saying you can't get your kids to listen to you for two seconds? Is that just the norm? Or well, when it comes to like schooling, like, oh, yeah, you yeah. don't know how to do the math. Dad, that's not how they teach us. I'm like, all right, well, I can teach you how to get the right answer. Do you care about that? Like, that's all I care about. <laughs> how are PTA meetings with you and teachers? Do they go well or terrible? PTA? You mean like uh, the parent-teacher conferences? Yeah. They're, they go well. I don't say a whole lot. And luckily, my kids have gotten good reports so far for the most part. So everything goes pretty well. No, you judge them immediately upon walking into their classroom or wherever you're meeting with them. Who? You. The teachers? Yeah, you're judging the teachers immediately. Well, I hate to break it to you, Pat. It's not 1950, and I'm at my kids' school pretty often. So the first time I meet their teacher Jeez. is not on parent-teacher conference night six months into the, their school year. Whoa, don't, I, I didn't know you were a teacher's pet, dude. Take it <laughs> Slow down. Jeez. No, I'm just telling you. Like, you're not going to meet the, your teacher. This is 19, I mentioned 1950 because like, you ever heard Jim Gaffigan, the, the comedian, talks about it? He's got like six kids, and he said, "My dad, hell, my dad didn't even know where I went to school, and now I'm over here. I got to go to PTA meetings and recitals. So yeah, it's different. You're you're around a lot." Jim Gaffigan wants open for the Pope. I know. <laughs> Can't do that as a comedian normally. He did it. That's impressive. Well, he's squeaky clean. That's why he can do it. He's from Indiana. Dynamite drop in. Bill Cosby was also a clean comic. He never opened for the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably good for the the Catholic religion that he never did. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> I mean, like for the bad optics. Oh, Where's okay. your head going? Yeah. What? Well, just straight to. Let's I'm go. To, like bad optics. Now you don't want to be affiliated with that. Yeah, absolutely not. You're. Hey, what you said was right, dude. Don't worry about what you said. All right, so let's go through this real quick before we do uh, quarantine sports, which will be a segment on this show that people are really gonna enjoy. We'll get to quarantine sports in about three minutes or so. Right, Zito? That's how much time we need. Zito has to write code to set up the uh, quarantine sports. He has to write code to set us up. We're going to be calling a – did something just happen? It was a quick little change for quarantine sports. Okay. We're be set- right back to you with the other okay, – Got it. Right we're now. setting up quarantine sports right now. He has to write code right now. So uh, our tech can't handle – the amount of inputs right now since you're FaceTiming in and then also putting in a video. So Zito actually has, Cuban Zito has to create a portal for this to come through. This is Zito production through and through. I'm sure something go, will go wrong, but it will work ultimately. Is that accurate, Zito? Oh, yeah. He just gave the big thumbs up. He's excited. Yeah. I wanted to give them some credit, Pat. So this whole, what we're doing right now, this came about, what, 20 hours ago, maybe? Yeah, yesterday, late. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, we talked about it. I FaceTime with you since you don't text or do normal phone calls. We FaceTimed about it. You ha- you were Bingo. full of lots of CBD and everything went well. And we talked about it. And your guys Bingo. already started building graphics and doing all this. So I, I'm, I appreciate all you guys there doing the hard work. Yeah, we got a good group in here. It's the pub and tie helping along here with Diggs doing the updates. We figured we should just be a live thing because NFL Network was live yesterday and it was all I wanted to watch. 
ESPN, I think they're doing some live stuff. Boy, it's some stuff from back in the day. And here on the YouTube, I feel like we should be live during all this NFL stuff's happening. And the boys are in. He started making. We have an open. Can you play that open again? I mean, look at this open that was thrown together. Are you kidding me? This is grade A stuff. Look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. Play good, pay good. Pay good, live good. Live good, die good. And that's all we're trying to do. <laughs> and that's all we're trying to do. Hey, do you want to clear up on the air uh, some, I guess, accusations that were thrown my way after my week of hosting radio shows there? <laughs> oh, yeah, you peed in the bathroom on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that was the accusations. I, I'm was sorry. It, so, I, that was the accusations. The accusations, uh, the guys there who I respect and think you guys are amazing. But you're saying, you're, are you saying I peed on the floor for five straight days, and then all of a sudden when I wasn't there, there was no pee on the floor, and you're like, oh, there's no piss on the floor that whole this whole week. It must be AJ. He's the only thing not here anymore. This is what I was told. That what you just, you might as well have just quoted the person that was speaking to me. Just want to let you know that. So it's either you or one other person that was there whenever you were there. And obviously now with how adamant you are that you didn't piss all over the floor, all over the place, with how adamant you are, it must have been the other guy. And I said, hey, not my AJ. Whenever they started saying they could have been you, <laughs> I actually said, not my AJ. I mean, I was in Hawaii. I don't know who was dropping their, their drawers and, and just urinating all over our floor whenever there's toilets everywhere. I said, not my AJ. And everybody said, we don't think AJ would do it either. But he is one of the only two X factors that it could have been because whenever that person left, it, it was happening. So I just want your name was definitely thrown in there. I think just by happenstance. I get it. I understand. And if it makes them feel better to to place the blame on me, I will fully shoulder that burden. I can handle it. Hey, Jay, how come you you how come Fox you how come Fox never put us back in a booth together? You think after that one time run? That's a great question. I really heard uh, nothing after that game we did from any anything. I mean, I heard a lot from people that watched the people when I run into them all the time. Like, oh, you you gonna do more with Pat? Are you guys gonna do more games? Like, I don't know, man. We'd love to. That was an out, that was Cliff Kingsbury, the man who just made a great trade with Bill O'Brien for the Arizona Cardinals. That was his last game as coach for Texas Tech. Yeah, and it was Matt Rule, who is now the Carolina Panthers head coach. He was coaching Baylor that and, day. And that game started like a 25-game or a 20 – nope, that's way too many games. <laughs> 16, 16, 12 or They something. started like a 12-game win streak, the Baylor Bears, and they sent me a hoodie because they thought I was part of the, oh, go Bears, uh, title or, or momentum run. Was yeah, good. I was going to say, when you started saying that started a 25-game win streak, I was like, okay. Matt Rule was only there one more season uh, before he took the Panthers job. So, heck games. of a year. They doubled up on the games, I guess. CBD is known for math. When was the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, you know what? I fucking love not being able to see what I drive. Uh, never. Yeah, you probably haven't. Now driving in bad weather doesn't have to be a headache thanks to the new Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything to prove it. Michelin just put their new Endurance XT silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record breaking 16 thousand mile drive from alaska to argentina to show just how durable these blades are rainier zeitlo oh unit unit of a man okay we finally googled this rainier zeitlo we've heard about rainier zeitlo mm -hmm. we know that if rainier zeitlo is involved and it's a vehicle this is some real real shit going down we Googled what Rainier Zeitlow looks like. Unit of a man. Rainier Zeitlow was the man behind the wheel, and he put the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades through ice, snow, rain, thunder. Feel the thunder. 
lightning and the thunder, thunder and the wind, and the blades took all of it. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad tech, four-layer coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice, and lasts two times longer than the other blades. The Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades are real-world proven for extreme weather performance. Upgrade to the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades today. I believe they're only at Walmart. Go check those out. Let's get back to the show. But if we were to call another game, I think what they should do is have me do play-by-play and you do color commentary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Quarantine Sports. That was a great intro, too. The boys made an intro into that. Quarantine Sports will be a daily look at a sport that you probably haven't seen before. It's a game or a challenge or a sport that has been ripped off the internet that we can play on this YouTube page without getting a cease and desist. Today, AJ and I will be calling live from a dungeon somewhere in Europe a cycle ball world championship between the reigning world champions Austria and the challengers, the Germans from Germany. Uh, this is the game here, AJ. Uh, this is Team Austria. These are the reigning defending champs. Look at the light show, AJ. Look at them go. Yeah, they're really doing all they can to, I guess, create this atmosphere. But you know, that's the thing. You don't need all the bells and whistles when you're coming to, to cycle ball and the fans go wild as we see some of the young Germans in there just really excited for their team. Speaking of the Germans, here they are in a little bit of a lower seat, a little bit of a low ride, a beach bike, it seems like, for the Germans <laughs> doing laps, pumping their fists, getting their crowds ready to yell nine to Austria and ya to Germany. Yeah, we, we look for a lot of these players to hopefully not skip or bike directly off of this platform i see there are no handbrakes and i don't know if they have the little back brakes on these situations but this looks like a dangerous sport pat uh they're touching hands too shouldn't be doing that in the middle of the coronavirus the pudgy one with the fro looks like he is potentially the leader of the squad standing to the left now we have a coin toss the ref flips it lets it hit the ground they said yeah 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 i don't know the differences between their languages but one's going one way the other's going the other let's get started the ball's in the middle it's a free for all the austrians get the ball this is what Austria does best, Pat. That's why they're the defending champs. Nobody can beat these guys. What's the old saying your guy Ric Flair likes to say, Pat? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And to do so, you got to keep the ball inbounds. Germany with a run here, AJ. Flick of the shot and a save by the Austrians. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Austrians, look at them just asserting their dominance. You can have a shot on goal. We don't care. We're going to knock you over. Oh my, oh, God. my gosh. Who is this? I'm sorry. I will never step on my play-by-play guy's voice. Go, Pat. Goal for the Austrian. He was deking. He was creeping. He was freaking. And ultimately, the one-man wrecking show won nothing Austria with a little backhand for the kid. That the, was the, the Tiger Woods fist pump as he's wearing the red jersey, just like Tiger on Sundays at the Masters that – most likely the Yermans answer the Yermans answer light show for everybody a one-timer for yawns I can't even get a, a comment in Pat that's what this game is so action-packed the second I start to speak another goal seems to be flying off the board here with the German what is it one-to-one right now one-to-one it's not just psycho ball it's psycho ball in the goalie from the other end that seems like it should be cherry picking or something. I, don't, I need to check the rule book on this. Goalie just took that thing yard from Ooh. 60, celebrating before it went in like Steph Curry. What a moment for the Austrian big fella. Two to one reigning champs. The real question, Pat, if you shoot it from your own goal, the, from, 
Oh, oh, oh no. Oh my it, God. It's another goal for the Austrians. What are they pouring it on? 3-1 early now? Bro, he just won top cheds right there. These Austrians can, can score from anywhere. I think it should be worth more points, though, if you're shooting from your own goal line. We've just been told that this is copy, copyrighted video. Uh, that was quarantine sports yeah, that's what Billy said and that was quarantine sports by the way that's why the Austrians are 1-0 uh, and the re- reigning world champs I assume they went on to win that game isn't it weird though when you see these guys at the coin toss you see them dap each other up and shake hands just can't do how anymore. weird it seems now to see that can't do it anymore can't do it can't do anything can't touch anybody you gotta toe tap you gotta give a little inside inside you gotta do kid and play maybe shake the Achilles yeah, I know you did a little video with what, Boston Connor on that? Oh, AJ, you follow the product. AJ. AJ. <laughs> All right, I think we're done for the day. Oh, yeah. Wait, Diggs is up. Diggs has an update. Did anything else happen? Oh, uh, wait, your, your mic was turned off. Or... You got to turn it on on the bottom. You got to turn it on at the bottom here. down there, yeah. They have died. <laughs> Just talking. Just out. talking. I'm like her in Jerry. Uh... Hello? Yeah, there we go. You're live. Pro Football Talk. Bears are talking to Teddy Bridgewater about a deal that if finalized would most likely make him the starter over Mitchell Trubisky. Oh! Rest in peace to Teddy Bridgewater, to Mitchell Trubisky's era for the Chicago Bears. Big update there from Diggs who can confirm somebody else's report like anybody, I I like anybody, the best of them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, if they get a deal done, obviously, is a big deal because this means that Pace very much understands that Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer and he and Nagy had to get on the same page to bring in a new quarterback said quarterback Teddy Bridgewater went undefeated last year and was once up for conversations of MVP before he ultimately got hurt good to see him come full circle here and now he's a starter in Chicago well I mean that's a lot that you are assuming already just off of one report I guess that he's going to get paid enough that he's going to be inserted in as the starter I mean you already chalked him up as being a a pro bowl player this year for the Chicago Bears and Teddy Bridgewater I don't know I don't know if Mitchell, if, if they're going to move on from Mitchell Trubisky, which it seemed like they were holding on to their guns, going to try to say, now Mitchell is our guy. If you're going to move on from him, I just don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. Why? Who, who's the guy? I don't, I mean, you never truly know, but let me be a Brady? broken record. Go after Tom Brady. Yeah. Hey, I, I've said this a few times. If you can get Tom Brady in your building, you get him in your building. He's going to make everybody better. Every, the athletic trainers, the equipment managers, everybody is going to get better. The defense, the coaches, everybody's going to get better if you get Tom Brady in the building. That's why it is so important that he gets signed by, or he's going to be wanted by so many people. A lot of people are like, this old dude, you think he's going to be wanted? I'm like, I think he makes everything better, AJ. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I do think you're right, but it seems like it, we're being proven wrong a little bit with the, the Titans saying, no, we're going we're gonna to lock up Tannehill to a long-term extension, and supposedly the Niners. Do you believe the Niners really said, nah, we're good, we'll pass? Chris Sims was roommates with Kyle Shanahan. They're friends. They're old friends. They're old pals. They're old buddies. He wouldn't lie, would he? Uh-uh. No, I don't think he would, but I guess I, I understand why they would He'd say, okay, we feel like we have a team built for long-term success, hopefully. That's whether you believe that or not. The Niners believe that, and we have a young Jimmy Garoppolo, and we don't want to have to dump a bunch of money to Tom Brady to try to have a one- or two-year window when we feel like we have a 10- or 12-year window. What does this mean for Andy Dalton? I think Andy Dalton to the New England Patriots looks beautiful. I think it's a great move, and I think Andy will be lights out there. That's the thing. Andy's kind of – under the radar with all these other quarterbacks that are free agents, I think Andy is one of the best in the group that could have a hell of a year next year, wherever th- he is. I think Andy's a good quarterback. 
And we, I think you and I might be the only humans that have ever said that publicly in the microphones. I think Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. He won games on a very consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word. Consistent basis for a team that should not win games on a consistent basis ever. I mean, that team, the way it's run, is hilarious. The way they were able to win nine, ten games in a row at some points, he was able to make a lot of plays, and he only had like AJ Green. It wasn't back whenever the Hushmanzada and Ocho Cinco days when they had a bunch of weapons. He's only had like AJ Green, and a couple other people. He doesn't get enough credit at all. Imagine he goes to the New England Patriots next year. They don't have to pay him shit. I bet. I mean, they probably don't have to pay him anything. And he's with McDaniel's. He's smart. It seems like, oh, my God, that would work out too perfectly. And Bill Belichick's laughing in everybody's face yet again. It seems like a great fit for both sides. It seems oh, like an awesome God. fit for Andy. That's going to happen. <laughs> haven't you read? There's, I've read different rumors where they say Bill Belichick really likes Andy Dalton because he thinks he's really good and he, he has a lot of potential. And we never truly got to see exactly what he could do being stuck kind of in the Cincinnati system. But, hell, I was in Cincinnati for a season. I think we won 11 straight games, 10 straight games. We went 12-4 and four that year, I believe, 13. I don't know. And Andy was on MVP pace, but then he broke his thumb going into the playoffs or end of the regular season. Hey, he, behind the scenes, good quarterback, good leader, good everything? Yeah, really good. Super, super good dude, good human. A guy you want to root for. Absolutely. The Red Rocket. He's awesome. Hey, man, listen, you want to you wanna get out of that shithole? <laughs> yeah. You want to come maybe make a punter salary up here? And then, uh, you know, sorry, punter back with me, okay? Aren't you already rich? All right, they already paid you enough, right? You just come up here and uh, take shit for a salary. We're signing uh, nobody on offense, but you have to figure that out with Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Fucking they would win. They'd win with him. Oh, yeah. It seems like the perfect – does any of these other quarterbacks out there on the market, if you could think of the Patriots being led by somebody else, does any of them make more sense than Andy Dalton? Jameis Winston. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? It doesn't make any sense, but Bill Belichick, like we've said before, is a unique, weird dude that doesn't listen to outside voice like he's going to stick to his guns. Like It wouldn't be the craziest thing for Bill Belichick to bring someone like that in. Now, the fact that he threw 30 interceptions last year, Bill can't be happy about that. Hold on. Now – 30 interceptions. I don't know how many were deflections right from his guys dropping or whatever. Somebody tweeted me that there was actually 21 dropped interceptions, too, that could have happened by the defense. Somebody who really hates Jameis Winston tweeted me that today, and I checked the footage, and unless it's from other years, there are 21 drops from defenders. So I don't know why that person hates Jameis Winston so much. He clearly has an issue with Jameis Winston. But I did get tweeted that there was an extra 21 that were available. So that's potentially 50 interceptions in one season. Or if I was Jameis and his agent, I would spin that to the positive and say that's how strong my arm is that these defenders can't catch the ball. <laughs> I throw such a hard ball that nobody can catch him, not even the defenders or my teammates. 5,000 yards is a lot of fucking yards, though. It's a lot of production. If you could feed, Maybe some coaches think, hey, I can, I can hone it in. I can find a way to, to make him more efficient, more accurate, not throw all these interceptions. And not as, you, you know, Pat, coaches have giant egos for a reason. They should. A lot of them could do some great work. Someone feels like they can fix everybody. What's, a, what's Adam Gase's big ego all about? Does he have a big ego? I don't know him. I guess every all the there's a lot of those like dirt sheet not dirt sheet like yeah the, the mags in like New York City and stuff like that the the the, the, the gossip the mags. trash mag like the trash magazines they always say tablets tablets there it is <laughs> hey it took us a bit to get there didn't it 
Yeah, it, did. It, t- it took us a little bit to get there. But they always say that he has a bad attitude and he'll like mock things and stuff. Like, I don't know. And he hates Lev. He hates Le'Veon Bell, I guess. He already paid him money. Well, he's not a New York guy. He His personality, like, he obviously doesn't enjoy speaking to the media. And his whole first press conference with his eyes darting all over the place was not a great start. But if he is able to be successful, though, in New York, he could become like a cult hero, like the anti hero work. I don't like any of this garbage, this hoopla that surrounds us in New York. Oh, this is too much for me. And then people will love that about him. Like why people love Belichick in his interviews. Like you could, if Gase was successful, he could turn into that guy. Is he though? Is he ever going to be successful? Hey, here's a tweet I saw today. Here's a tweet I saw today. Here's, um, uh, hold on. DeAndre Hopkins was unhappy with his contract, which is three years, $40 million remaining. Per Aaron Wilson, Texans weren't going to alter existing deals, so they deal him to Arizona, and we'll have a chance to renegotiate the deal if you would like in Arizona. So I guess that's why DeAndre Hopkins wanted out so bad. I guess he wanted out, but I feel like the Arizona Cardinals won. They're going to have to pay him, I guess. They're going to have to repay him, but still, give up David Johnson, who's potentially his best days are actually behind him. Now, I, I, he could come back in a big way because he's got a new place and got to prove himself or whatever. But I feel like they won that trade for sure. You get DeAndre Hopkins, you get DeAndre Hopkins. But I got this tweet. I saw this tweet. Um, contracts players have earned following one season away from Adam Gase. Okay, So just one year out of Adam Gase's system. Just one year. Ryan Tannehill... Signs a four-year, $118 million deal. Devontae Parker signs a four-year, $40 million deal. And Kenyon Drake is going to make $8.5 million next year. All those people, one year away from Gase, getting richer than they've ever been their entire life. Attention Jets fans, you want to make money, or Jets players, get the hell out of there. Just get the hell out of there and go get broken. Le'Veon Bell, just go make money somewhere else, even though you already got paid. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, he better win. He better win quick. He's got a chance. He's got Sam Darnold. I think Sam could be a really good player. You think Sam's good? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's good. I don't know if he's great, but I think he's. I, th- I think he has the possibility to be great. Yeah. He's so young. He's yeah. so young. I don't know how to judge the super young dudes because are they going to grow and like work their asses off, or are they going to like chill? I think there's so many different ways you can go there. Like for, for all positions. Ba- where does Baker go this year? I'm intrigued. I don't know. Because I, I do think that's something that doesn't get talked about is as you grow, you can go in many different directions. Like that's when you get money, maybe whenever you get wifed up, maybe whenever you kind of have enough of football, you fall out of love with it. You like, so you can either like just take your money and chill and coast and you see guys kind of fall out or you see the guys that are like, all right, I want to be great at this thing and to go a different direction. And when that's quarterback, that's a big deal because you're directly spotlighted. But when you're the quarterback, it, if it's even like, say you're an executive or a team owner and you're thinking about paying a quarterback a big franchise deal, if it ever crossed your mind that your starting quarterback was one of those guys that you got to be scared to pay, which we know there's guys like that all the time, and the coaches, everyone knows like, hey, yeah, this guy's a stud, but hey, I don't, like, I don't want to see him on a second deal. Like on a rookie deal, this guy's hungry, and then on a second deal, he's going to get comfortable. If you ever had that thought in your mind for your quarterback, if you're scared to pay him, then you. Don't ever even think about extending the dude because your quarterback has to be the the craziest, most detail-oriented, type A kind of person, like just leader-driven that is going to do everything. And and all the great ones at the quarterback position are, and there's no question about it. That's so real. Your quarterback's got to lead by example. He's got to lead by – that guy is the leader of the team, whether he likes it or not. That guy, he's he's making the most money. He's making decisions that players can't make. He is the team. 
If you find one, though, you got to hang on to him. Got to hang on to him. Got to hang on to him. You just don't know if he's – is he your guy or not? Now, granted, they always say hang on to your quarterback if you got one, but Belichick's like, get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> Give me Andy Dalton. With, with no clear replacement, though. That's the scary thing for New England. Like, whoever's going to be their next well, starting quarterback isn't there right now, right? Think about, think about Joe Burrow getting drafted by the Bengals saying no and the Patriots somehow, like, trading with the Bengals to get that. Trade Gilmore. Trade, trade the deep defensive player of the year. Get up there. Who knows? What if what if New England Patriots end up with the number one pick in the draft this upcoming year? Somehow. I mean, we know how much hate, like, Patriots hate is out there due to their success, the outside of the Boston area. If they somehow got the number one overall pick, they people will absolutely lose their minds. And I'd be happy. It'd be fun to watch. It'd really be would. awesome. It would be so awesome. Belichick would be doing another press conference the next day. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even go to the combine. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are at the combine, uh, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, yeah, we think Joe's a good player. We knew since he was stupid. So we just traded him a bag of balls. <laughs> and now we got Joe Burrow. For the next 20 years, Craig, he'd be, he'll, Joe Burrow being the next Tom Brady would be hysterical. And by the way, can happen. This is something that could happen. Humans could make this decision right now. Uh, it's 2 o'clock. We've been on here for about an hour. I think we should probably answer some YouTube questions, get into the YouTube comments, because we want this to be a very active show. We're on the YouTube. Ain't that right, AJ? Absolutely. We love the YouTube. Ain't that right, AJ? Sure. I love Pat McAfee's YouTube channel. <laughs> sounded forced, but sounded forced. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not, not an actor, Pat. YouTube questions. Take it away, Zito. All right. Uh, basically, there's a lot of like fake trade rumors in here. Uh, a lot of people are doing fake ones. They said that Odell got traded. That was false. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know if any questions actually come in. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trolls in here today. <laughs> what just happened? There's no questions in there? Wait, uh, I got one. Hold on, though. I got one from go. Instagram. I got one in my Instagram comments, too. I, I got a good one in my Instagram comments. This is for you, AJ Hawk. Evan, can you put that up on the screen, yeah, please? Right there. <laughs> uh, Mr. RG, Mr. Underscore RG3, not Robert Griffin III, but Mr. RG3, asked in the Instagram comments, were you ever asked to do head and shoulders commercials next to Troy with that freaking sexy-ass mane you got? Uh, no, it's a safe bet to say I was never asked, and yeah, rightfully so. I mean, my long, ratty garbage long hair i had no no i mean clay matthews is the hair guy his hair is nice a lot of volume some like natural curls almost like i didn't have that i had long stringy weird hair so i should never have been asked to do a head and shoulders commercial yeah but if you would have had like <laughs> what they would have said is if with good shampoo you probably have a little bit of bounce but that what would they put a wig on me for the bounce the bounce that i need no i think the bounce would come from the <laughs> shampoo and the conditioner now i've used shampoo and conditioner it doesn't give me that bounce pat you know, I got a lot of bounce. One of my hair was long. That thing had big old curls on it. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was very long. Came down the middle of my back. I used to have a long ponytail that used to hang out there. Did you know that? I did not know that. But I don't have any curls. My hair is dead straight, no matter how whatever the length is. Yeah, well, I thought I, I thought I thought you had good hair. I didn't know your hair was such sh such shitty hair. I didn't. Well, no, I mean it's fine. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't grow it out thinking I was Fabio for, for the older demo that may be watching this right now. But <laughs> What'd no. you grow it out for, then? I mean, it's a long, weird story. I wanted to have long hair. I love Pat Tillman. He went over. He died. A little tribute to him. My buddies and I did it. So, yeah. So you grew your hair out for Pat Tillman? That's why you had long hair? 
I mean, partly, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I was a fan of Pat Tillman when he was alive, and then he went over and he died when I was in college, and myself, Bobby Carpenter, Anthony Schlegel, and Nick Mangwood actually already had kind of long hair. But yeah, grew our hair out. And then I had it for 10 years long, and then I didn't realize how bad it really looked until I cut it off. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This feels good now. It feels good having shorter hair again. Yeah, I, I agree. You look much, much better now. I, actually, something happened. I don't know. what I, I just From the picture I just saw it to then, I, some, I don't know. There is some sort of... So you did something, and I'm not. You did something to your face. It looks a lot better than what it used to look like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't had any like outside products injected or anything into my face. No, should I? Is it time no. for that? No, you look good. What, what we're saying is you've had quite a come up. But the fact that you had that long hair for Pat Tillman—that's a legendary story. That, I mean, that's like a legend. That's an awesome story. I didn't know that. Cool. Well, you know what big douchers do—they like to announce that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of. Announced on the McAfee and Hawk show, <laughs> your daily entertainment, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. AJ Hawk announces that his hair was long for Pat Tillman, American hero. Yep. Let's pander to everybody. Let's, let's really virtue signal our way out of this show, Pat. What do you think? You go first. You go next. I'll tell you what. If you're going out and about and you're not worrying about the coronavirus, you're killing every old person on earth. Yeah. It's a weird time. It's a really weird time. It happened so quickly, too, didn't it? I feel like a week ago, I was hugging random homeless people on the side of the streets. I won't do that right now with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how long this lasts. But, I mean, everyone's – everyone. Have, have you been getting a lot of, like – you, do you get texts from people or you have buddies come up to you like, hey, my wife's cousin's sister's brother. Oh, yeah. Knows somebody that works in the ER in D.C. Yep. 72 hours. Full lockdown in the next six hours for at least 80 days. Yeah. My particular source said 72 hours. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's how it always goes. Like everyone knows somebody that works in an ER or something, which I cannot imagine working there. It's got to be unbelievably brutal, like conditions and then working long hours and not enough space. It's going to be crazy. It's only going to get worse. But everyone seems to have their story. It's, not, it's almost like the insiders. Everyone wants to like break what's coming next when nobody truly knows. Who's your insider? I bet you you've lived a pretty good life. You probably have a really good insider. I don't have any connections to anything. I don't have any insiders. Uh, nothing. Because, first off, I don't believe any of them, and I don't go out there and seek them. And when they do present themselves to me, if it's in person, usually I'm pretty dismissive of it. <laughs> You're such a hard ass, dude. Not at all. No, no, no. I'm saying it's, no, well, yeah. I, I just try to say we don't know. I don't know. We don't know. So don't, I don't want to stand like grandstand and try to tell people what's going on. Well, what do you think is going on? Great question, Pat. I don't know. I can. <laughs> I am. I'm smart enough to tell you that I don't know what's going on. Nobody's doing that, man. Everybody's telling me what to do on the Facebook and the and the Twitter. Everybody knows. Everybody has an answer. Everybody. Everybody's a doctor. You know. Everybody's a comedian making fun of Evan Foxy's tiny ass little fucking legs. Everybody's a doctor when it comes to the virus, COVID nineteen. Yeah. The the weird thing is going to be whenever sports do happen again, like whenever basketball starts again or hockey or baseball aren't they most likely going to start with empty stadiums they've already said that hey did you see that debate last night with no uh crowd what's wrong with this question Wait, i can't is that a bad question to ask we're not on the zone right now no what are you i doing? no i liked the debate with no crowd last night as well oh, i didn't i didn't watch it all no i've seen clips so i liked it without it to be honest and i was wondering it actually made me think while i was watching it 
uh, my vitamins, it made me think, I was like, what will be sports be like? Because I've seen a lot of practices. I've watched a lot of practices for things. Those can get intense. I don't know if guys sell out completely, but I think it would be intriguing with no fans for like a week or two, and then people would get over it. I think people would be sick of it. Be sick of watching games with no fans? Yeah, I think like for the first week or two, it would be something that they're like, oh, this is kind of cool. You get to hear exactly what they're saying. Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> dribble, dribble. And then after a week, they're like, ah, okay, we're about done with this. We're about no. done I think whenever sports come back, I think people are going to be so excited to have live sports to watch. They're going to, I think it's going to last much longer than a week. Like the excitement that this is what we have. Like we're, whenever that comes, like it'll give us some, some sense of like normalcy. Like life is getting back to where it was. You think, you think they're going to do a long time with no crowd and then kind of work its way back in? I mean, I don't know. I know like the NHL shut down too. And they haven't, they said like, it's going to be at least eight weeks, and when they come back, it's going to be no crowd. You know, I don't know what's going on. Neither do you, honestly. <laughs> Nobody. Who does? That's the question. Is everybody looking at each other to see what the answer is? Like, think about that room, the people that actually have to make the decision, and they're like, uh, so what do you think? I don't, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Fuck, I've seen the swine flu. I've seen the fucking bird <laughs> flu. I, I, this ain't that big of a deal. And somebody on the other side's like, this is a massive deal. Somebody's going to, and what do you think? Uh, I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. All right, I'll go make one official announcement then. Like, I wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody has a clue about what's going on. I don't think anybody has a clue. Somehow I thought things were getting better, and it turns out, nope, things are about to get even worse. And it's like, I, this is something you know nothing about because you're literally confined to your own bubble. You're confined to your own bubble. Whoever you follow on Twitter, whoever potentially tweets you, or that's your only escape, and then bang, you're right back to your bubble. I, I don't think anybody knows anything. I don't know. No, there's obviously experts out there that study these diseases and have for 30 or 40 years. And all I, th- I feel like what they go over, they go off of a lot of what happened in previous plagues and things like this, these outbreaks of, and they go like off the numbers and they show, okay, if we, this model, if we do what Philly did in 1918 and have a parade, then it's going to exponentially double, triple, it's going to go so fast. But if we socially isolate, then whatever. Like, that's what people like to say. They go off what what has happened in the past. But then you'll hear one doctor say that, and then you'll hear another doctor say, oh, this is all an overreaction. And then another doctor will come from the clouds and be like, we're not doing enough, actually. And it's like, well, who's paying you, doctor, to say that? And who's paying you to, you can't trust any, you can't trust anything anymore. So I'm just locking myself in my house and my studio and then hoping that I don't run out of toilet paper. I mean, that's the best possible. That's what they want you to do, Pat. Just just kind of hang out inside. You don't need to go out and watch, go see the Joker at the $3 movie theater. Like, you don't need to do that kind of stuff. Is, uh, that was a weird about, laugh, that guy. Is Indiana, are restaurants and stuff closed? Yeah, man. I got friends that are in the restaurant and uh, service industry, you know, and that, that like this is going to be a big-time kick in the sack for a lot of people, man. I don't. I don't know how any like business makes it through, like depending how long this goes, but at least carry out is open. That, that's the good thing. Like keep carry out open, give them a chance to, to make some money. I mean, carry out is cool to me, but if everything they're saying is true, like the last thing I want is a delivery motherfucker. Defeats up the about. entire purpose yeah, of what they're I, trying to do. They're saying carry out and delivery is available. I'm like, uh, I'd rather deliver. Uh, deli- so that motherfucker's just showing up in my house. What like what what I don't well, understand. I guess you could ask him, leave it at the front. And, and then, then what? Lysol it too, pal? Hey, can you leave it at the front and Lysol the whole thing and then I'll pick it up and then I'll hope the people that made it inside of that didn't do anything? I mean, it's like, when do you stop? It, but is it transferred through food? Do we know that? We don't know how it's really even transferred too much, I guess. I just feel like everybody spits in my food. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should definitely accept that fact. That's fine. Who cares? I have. I mean, I'm sure it happens. If you complain and send your meal back, yeah, you're, yeah. 
I'm certain of it. There, I I remember in high school I ordered a hot dog, but I wanted two hot dogs, one bun. Think about it, and uh, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave me uh, one hot dog, but two layers of cheese on it. And I think they spit in between the two layers of cheese. <laughs> oh, and that was the first time I realized that people are probably going to be spitting in my food a lot. <laughs> did, did you realize that after you finished the whole hot dog? Yeah, I ate it for sure. <laughs> I, I, I for sure ate it. But I, I wondered immediately upon arrival why that was a weird little glip in the cheese there at the bottom. <laughs> so I think that... <laughs> Uh, it's like Farva and Super Troopers. I mean, why? Yeah. That, why it, would you put two? So you, you wanted two hot dogs, one bun. Why would they put one hot dog, two pieces of cheese? Yeah, well, I do American cheese in the bottom. You see, like a cradle, and they they spit and wrap it around the bun, the dog. Well, no, they put two cheeses on top of each other, stacked. Normally, it's just one piece of cheese, mm. and they put two pieces on top of each other, stacked. And I was like, well, that never happens. Why would they do that? And then I saw like a little softness in the cheese. I was like, oh, they spit in there. And then I just ate it. I was looking yeah. to get more meat. Turns out I got a little bit more disease. Well, stay safe out there, Pat and Indy. Stay safe on your drive. How far is the studio from your house? Uh, well, this morning, it was really nice, actually. It was uh, like 12 minutes this morning. No traffic. <laughs> pretty nice. Pretty, so pretty nice. What happens if uh, something in the near future and they don't let you leave your house, really, to come to the studio? I'm going to escape. I, I mean, I'm Dufresne. I'm Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I'm coming through. I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to pull me over and lock me up? Be awesome. That'd be awesome if I get arrested for wanting to entertain people during a quarantine. That yeah, you'd be- sell so many more T-shirts after that. Well, if people have money to buy T-shirts, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the real question in this business world that we're currently in right now is: Will anybody have anything to do anything if this is shut down for two two months? They're saying potentially. I mean, think about it. no more than 50 people are allowed to be gathered together for two months. You know how many businesses operate with a, a bunch of motherfuckers on one floor just in one over there? None of them are allowed to go to work. Like, what's supposed to happen? I, I don't understand how the world's supposed to just shut down for two months. This is insane. What's weird, it's, it, it would be really hard for a business to do that for like a week if you think about it, like in a non-coronavirus time. But if you think two months, then that's just a gigantic amount of time. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We're going to we'll figure it out. I'm sure everyone's going to going to come up with a plan and do it whatever they can but man it's a just a weird time hopefully we'll never have a time like this again do you have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that you just don't use you know the kind of thing a a kid's baseball glove that no longer fits a pair of jeans that was only worn once i mean who doesn't have an old phone hiding in a drawer somewhere ty i know i do with millions and millions of people using the Mercari app in all 50 states, stuff really sells now. You can sell everything from fashion to electronics, toys to sporting goods. Not only can you earn a few extra dollars, but you'll clear up valuable space in your home. Over 150,000 items get listed every single day on Mercari. Santa has to get his gifts from somewhere. Yeah. Why not from you? Let's see shit laying all around the house. Things that you thought you were going to use and you never, ever used. Clothes that were once in style, no longer in style for you, but they are for somebody else. The Mercari app is the place to go to sell all this stuff you got lying around. What are you waiting for? I know you got stuff you don't use. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the app stores on or on Mercari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling app. It's easy to sell. You take a picture of your stuff, you write up a little description, boom. Now it's in the hands of millions and millions of people. 
and everything's shippable. They send you something to ship it in. Bang, bang, boom. No awkward conversations with the Mercari app. Go ahead and sell that shit that's lying around your house with our friends at Mercari. Ever. Yeah. You know what, though? One day we'll be the old, I won't, but others will probably be the older folks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pass away somehow, by the way. Yeah. So, something's no going to happen to me at some point. Yeah. 40, you know? 43 max, probably. That's what, you know what? That's a lot higher than I had been saying and, and theorizing about for a long time. So I'll take 43, to be honest with you. But I, I'll go out somehow. But whenever folks get old, back in 2020, when the coronavirus came out, <laughs> couldn't get bread. Costco line was four hours long. <laughs> you need toilet paper? You need toilet paper. You need to wipe that with baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Dig. Shout out to Dig's updates today. Anything else you want to say? Do we have any questions from YouTube? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there was one question from, I think, uh, his name was Don. Are, is there anybody watching this show? Oh, yeah, lots. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, usually you have to, like, warm them up and ask for questions. They're just getting, like, their, their, like, their uh, what do you call their takes. Their one-liners. Yeah. yeah. Any so, good takes? Any good takes? Uh, there was one that was actually pretty funny. It was, like, the Chargers have an edge playing against an empty stadium because this whole entire <laughs> season they've been playing at the stadium. I, I, I like that. I like that. Uh, has been used a lot, though. That <laughs> has been used a lot. Triple H used it in commentary for Friday Night SmackDown. By the way, they did a whole show in front of no crowd on I, Friday night. I saw a little bit of that one. I thought, well, they, you probably couldn't travel to go to it. I thought you'd be perfect for that. Me too. Did not get asked. But <laughs> um, good show. I thought they had a pretty good show. I mean, it was awkward, but it was a good show. But the joke was, oh, they seem to perform pretty well. They're used to nobody reacting to anything that they do, type something like that. But good joke, good joke, good joke. I don't want to take it away from that guy. But it has been used about 4,000 times. But it's comment section, so I shouldn't expect elite stuff. It's just. Just in case I didn't see it. I didn't see it, though. So that's on me. So that was the first time you saw it? You yeah. saw it? Oh, so I just kind of buried that moment. I'm like Mel Kuyper in my fucking draft day. No, no. Yeah, no. that's on me. That's my fault. Good <laughs> joke by that guy. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vague question, though. Who do you think is winning uh, this whole entire free agency so far? Obviously, it just started. But. The Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals won free agency thus far. Then whoever lands Tom Brady, they won free agency. And then um, and then if Antonio Brown ends up exactly where Tom Brady's at, which is what everybody's thinking, uh, they also won free agency. And then, um, yeah, that's how I feel. How do you feel, AJ? I feel like the, the same. And if Josh Gordon re-signs wherever Tom Brady goes, then that team wins free agency as well. Could you imagine if he goes down there to Tampa Bay? It's Mike Evans. Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. They also have that other guy. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Bruce Arians, Clyde Christensen. O.J. Howard, their tight end. That's an athletic dude, too. How many games does Gordon have to sit out? None. Don't they say they're taking that? You're going to be reinstated now? He had a PED one, too, though, I think. I think he had a PED one, too. And I thought it said it didn't affect uh, how players are reinstated. It's just that guys can't get suspended going forward. That's kind of fucked up. Josh yeah, Gordon I, gets his I would together. think the PA has a. They could fight that one for him. Oh, you. Oh, you think the PA is going to get that one done? <laughs> the PA, <laughs> in theory, the PA should fight this one for him. Maybe I think they will. Whether they get yeah. it done or not, I don't know. We yeah, will see. Yeah. yeah, they will. Anything else, Zeke? Um, Nick, uh, of West Virginia guy. He was just in the office. Got signed with the Raiders. Oh, what do you yeah. Think about that. Oh, did he? Quickowski. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. He's tall, dude. This dude's like six foot four. You know who this guy is? Nick yeah, where, where'd he play in college? West Virginia. He's got a brother, too, that plays, I feel like. I don't know his brother. I know him. Nick Kwiatkowski. He just signed to who? The Raiders? Yes. 
Hey, he's a big, tall guy. He went from being a special teamer to a starter, basically, for the Bears. How much, did they say how much he got paid? Uh, not yet. Happy for him. Good for that guy. He's good. I know the Packers signed Christian Kirksey, like we talked about, to start off the show. So we'll see now the thing. Well, free agency is happening. So what? And does Mike Pettin stink or not? Did he? I don't know. I've never played for him, but he seems to be like a good defensive coordinator. 186 yards before contact in an NFC championship game. Yeah, that one was rough. And I think that people were talking about him possibly getting fired, but LaFleur even said, like, I'm not going to overreact over one game. Now, they struggled at times during he the season, up. but, hey, they found a way to bring a couple guys in on the edge and get some pressure on the quarterback, which is, is huge. You, you have a chance if you can do that. Did you, see, did you hear what Ty Schmidt said, owner of the Packers, what Ty said? Yeah, he should have overreacted. Patton's a fucking stooge. <laughs> Why do you well, – okay. By the way, I had no feelings towards Patton. Ty, Ty, this was 100%. I asked you that question strictly for Ty's reaction. I don't know. I mean, I know players like him. I know coaches Do they? Like do him. players like him? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know him. I've never met the guy, but I've talked to players, and they all like him. They think he has a good plan, so I, don't, I have no idea. He, he was the head coach of the Browns for, for a little bit. I don't know if you knew that, Pat. <laughs> what would you say? He was the head coach of the Browns for a little bit. Oh, I know. Stunk there, too. Hold on. Now, that's my moment with him when I get introduced to him because Johnny Manziel was finally having a good half of football. He finally played a good half of football. He was rolling out of the pocket. He was throwing. It was a good It was a good half of football, finally. They interview Mike Pettin, and he goes, quarterback has to learn how to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. <laughs> they went out and got slaughtered in the second half, and they didn't let Johnny Manziel run. I was like, well, this Mike Pettin guy has no idea what he's doing. That's good. He's really looking out for Johnny Manziel's success. But turns out nobody could really help Johnny Manziel from, from the makes of it. No, nah, it's tough. You guys see Austin Hooper just signed a four-year deal with somebody. Who big, was it? Big, big time Cleveland. deal. Cle- Cleveland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four years, 44 mil. Is that right? Yeah. He's really good, I guess. Baker Mayfield adds an incredible, another incredible type. Don't they have uh, Njoku? Yep. Unless Njoku's potentially on the trading block. Uh, they said Stefanski used more two tight end sets than any other coordinator last year. So All right. Well, there we go. Then they got two tight ends. They got Odell still, which is potential trade option or trade bait if, if Andrew Barry wants to get rid of him and start over. Uh, you got Jarvis Landry. You got Kareem Hunt on a second-round tender. He was just uh, placed under that. And you got Chubb back there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That team could be really good. Could be. The Browns are back. Super Bowl again. <laughs> just like just like this last offseason. I mean, they, they should be. You're right. They should be good. Bro, I was I, all I'm in sure. on them last year. Yeah, everybody was. It seems like it. I don't know. Does Stefanski have a chance, though? Like, that's not an easy I didn't even right know now. the guy existed. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even know he existed. And then he was, everybody said he was him and Salah getting the head coaching gig, and they play against each other. And Salah just literally took his pants down and just beat the hell out of him. <laughs> and then they hire the Stefanski guy like the next day. And I'm like, Andrew Barry, though. I trust Andrew Barry, the GM. He was with the Colts. I, I think he's a very smart guy. So if Andrew Barry's making decisions, until further notice, I am on board with him because I like him and I trust him. But the Stefanski hire, I have no idea who the hell he is. I have no idea. And, and will they ever be good? Nobody has a clue. It just seems like that team's inevitably going to stink at all times. What's well, their whole interview process, Pat, remember they went through everything. Josh McDaniels was there nine or ten hours, but he wouldn't uh, agree to give them so much power. He wanted a little bit of control over things. So Stefanski obviously worked out a – a deal and they're gonna we'll see how it works i don't know it seems to be seems to be difficult they got the money ball guy there they got the owner they got everybody involved that's smart rest in peace to that dog though rest in peace to that dog what's the name of that dog oh i don't know it what movie Moneyball? no they had a funeral for the dog and it was not well received on the internet the browns 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Browns had an open <laughs> casket uh, funeral for that dog. It was not well received. I understand what they were trying to do, but everybody was like, bro. The worst part of every movie is whenever you see a passed away dog, don't just show it to us for an hour here. Get the hell out of here. That was a bad decision. That was more of the Browns being the Browns. But Swagger. Andrew, Swagger's the name of the dog. Rest in peace of Swagger. Obviously a good looking dog, but Andrew Barry, the GM, was not a part of that decision, and I, I'm thankful for that. What, you, what were you going to say, Zito? Uh, one last question if you want it. Yep. Um, with uh, NFL training staffs and conditioning coaches, will they now use CBD, THC, vitamins remedies now that they won't be testing, you think? Uh, well, athletic trainers use CBD and vitamins in the inflammation I'm, market. I wonder if they'll be giving out edibles that are body edibles, like uh, inflammation. You don't think so? You're saying no uh, way. I mean, CBD at the most. I don't think they will be allowed to have anything with THC in it in the facilities. You tell me you think, oh, hey, oh, Pat, yeah, you got banged up, made a few tackles there on kickoff tonight. Like, oh, yeah, Doc, my knees really, really hurt me. Here, Pat, here's a couple 20-milligram gummies. Have fun. Like, they're not going to do that. <laughs> Why? Because he's going to say, Pat, I know you already have a bag full. Why am I going to give them to you? <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be accurate. But instead of the painkillers, I don't know why that wouldn't be a cool alternative. It's way better, but I don't, I don't know where you've been. But, like, it's not 1984 to where they're just handing out Percocets oh, yeah. like I it's agree. water. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. I'll tell you what. I was a part of some some planes that were like that. But it has changed. Towards the end of my career. I mean, 1984, I don't think it had to go back then. But, boy, those used to be very easy to attain. And it were, those were good times. Those were good times, my friends. Those were good times. I can see how it could cause a problem, but those were good times. Yeah, it's different, man. I've never been anywhere where any, they give painkillers to anybody. Like, I saw we had a dude snap his leg completely in half and had to stay in Kansas City. And I know it was impossible for them to even get him, like, two Percocets. What's that all about? You know, like they came in and shut down all the drugs. I think they did, the FDA or whatever, when guys got tore it all. Couldn't do the tore it all anymore. Oh, yeah. I've never had a tore it all shot. I hear it's amazing. You have never tried tore it all? No, I think I've told you that in the past. But yeah, I never had, because they don't give them in Green Bay. Like Dr. McKenzie there, he's awesome. He cares know. about players. He's the man, but he's, I don't know I never how you guys win. I don't know how you guys win over there. Makes a lot of sense, though, now I'm thinking about it. So when Rodgers came back in that second half against the Bears, they just gave him, like, a Vicodin, a couple Vicodins? No, they're not get, they can't even get Vicodin. That's the thing. Like, talk to any team doc. Like, oh. it's hard. They can't just carry stockpiles of, of pills either. Like, that all changed, I don't know how many years ago. Green but no, Bay they didn't even doesn't, shoot him up. Green Bay doesn't when, do Tortle? What's that? Green Bay doesn't do Tortle? No, I think they uh, they they haven't done the doctor. They haven't done Tordal shots in oh. 10, 15 years. Fifteen years, I think. Ah, they stink. Never gonna win. <laughs> Can't win like that. Can't win like that. You're playing against uh, you're playing against humans in a late, especially a seventeen game season. Oh my god. Oh my god. Green Bay Packers are on a direct arrow down because of this. This is a big deal. I, this needs to be talked about more. Maybe it helps the the longevity of the players though. Eh, who cares? <laughs> not, not if they make it to the <laughs> NFC Championship. Yeah. That's Man. why I didn't know they made. They probably go to the Super Bowl. They probably go to the Super Bowl. They, you talk about those D linemen and linebackers are all banged up. You know, a little bit sore. They're eating those offensive linemen and George Kittle. George Kittle's just like, "Wham, bang, see ya, pump, pump, pump." Running backs just running right through the thing. Guys retired, sore. So maybe we don't need a receiver. Just get some Toradol, shit can pet, and we're ready to go. <laughs> I don't even know if they're like that with Toradol anymore. I've been removed for three years. I mean, it's a whole different animal. Now. I think you can still get it, but you have to sign a waiver that you won't sue the team 30 years down the road. There's, it, it's definitely changed. I'm sure you can still get it, but you have to probably prove that you have some kind of legit 
kind of injury. You can't just get it all the time just for overall health. Diggs update here on Toradol. Diggs, what do you got? There is a big trade expected to be coming. This is not the big one, but the Baltimore Ravens are trading tight end Hayden Hurst and fourth-round pick to Atlanta. Oh. And the Ravens get a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Hayden Hurst was their main guy this year, wasn't he? No. Um, Mark Andrews. Oh, Mark yeah. Andrews. But Hayden Hurst was the long-haired guy, the pitcher that could – He this guy, this poor fucking guy. Listen to this, this Hayden Hurst guy. I feel so bad for him. He was drafted like first round baseball, right? Yeah. He could throw like ninety five or something like Very that. Very high. Very. He was he was like this big draft prospect in baseball. He could throw like ninety five, whatever. Dude couldn't throw a strike once he got drafted. Couldn't throw a strike. Got like the yips for baseball. Could still throw it fast. Could still throw it as hard as. Just couldn't find the fucking strike zone. So he had to quit baseball, and then he became a tight end. If that's the right guy. Yeah, no, it is. Think about how frustrating that would be. Oh, my God. You work your entire life to build up that arm. You get drafted at your time. And then no matter what you do, that son of a bitch just won't go from chest to knees right there. It just won't do it. That would be so frustrating. I would be so angry at the world. I mean, it would be very difficult to handle, but how much does it say about this dude's athleticism where he's drafted, throwing 95? He's like, oh, man, I can't figure out, can't find the strike zone. Now let's just go be a, an NFL tight end and go start somewhere and now take over for Austin Hooper who just departed to go to Cleveland. So, yeah, good opportunity opens up. Matt Ryan can still sling it, so he'll go get some, get some numbers there in Atlanta. Basketball players do that a lot now too, go straight to tight end. Is tight end the easiest position to play? Maybe for basketball guys because basketball guys, you know, like – Aren't you always surprised when you're around NBA guys in person and they're 900 feet tall and their waist is like 24 inches around? Yeah. They're so skinny. So small. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Well, they play basketball, Pat. That's what they do. Zion is not, by the way. Zion could start at left tackle anywhere he wanted right now. (laughs) You did a a bang-up job on intros, by the way, for the Pelicans. Appreciate that. Not everybody in the Pelicans organization was sold on me doing the intros before then, but afterwards, I think I won them over. I think I got them. Did you? Uh, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but did you? Uh, how many thoughts did you have in your head going into that? Because that was, I mean, that was some like Michael or Bruce Buffer type UFC intro. Yeah, better style. than him, but it, it was one of those things where uh, I just wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. I just wanted to build it up, make it hilarious. That's all. I do it with most guests of my show. If I know anything about the person, that's a good point. Did you know all the? Did you know the starting five going into the game? <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> Derek Favors. That's I almost forgot his name in the middle of the whole. Thing. I had to look at my piece of paper. I actually pulled out my piece of paper. I was like, "What the fuck is this guy's name?" Because I held on Zion so long, I almost passed out. First of all, so my brain goes completely blank, and then, then the guy in my ear is like, "All right, next," and I'm like, "Next, yeah." What is his name? Oh, the eight-foot-tall guy from Georgia Tech. (laughs) Standing at eight feet tall. From Georgia Tech. Mm All right, are we doing this tomorrow or not? Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) Who's going to teach your kids tomorrow? That happens in the morning before this. We do this, but uh, yeah, can we my get some pictures? Is, is, can you for tomorrow's show? Can you take some pictures of the setup yeah. in your uh, house? I already have. I have pictures already. Yeah, we have pictures from them doing sit-ups at, during their recess and <laughs> pull-ups and all kind of stuff. What? I don't. PE just class. The, just when they're sitting in like their English class in your living room. I mean, it's not like there's thirty kids in there. That's not safe. I don't. It's not that many kids. 
How many kids are in your living room right now? Well, we they're done now. They finished up. Uh, maybe eight, seven, eight kids. Jeez. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Too many. Too many kids. Too many people. Oh, how many guys in the studio right now? How many grown adults in the studio that can contract the virus? The kids haven't really contracted it yet. Luckily, hopefully it stays that way. Uh, Have you ever heard about spacing? Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, social distancing. I've been doing it my whole life. (laughs) Me too, actually. But there's an entire window between me and the other four gentlemen that are in the studio. Now, they they might be on top of each other, but the distancing that we've done for each other here is incredible. But they are on top of each other. Therefore, you will see them. You will interact with them. You're still passing it along if one of you has it. Yeah, but they're not any kids with grubby little fingers like you got going on running around your living room right now. My kids are probably cleaner than you. Me? Come on. Depends what time of the day, I guess. <laughs> but, yes. Do your kids speak in full sentences? What, what's the age? <laughs> uh, nine, seven, <laughs> four, and two. Do they so. do they speak in full sentences? Like, do they get it? Uh, the coronavirus thing? No, just in general. <laughs> I've never like in just in like. Can you speak to a seven year old like a regular conversation with a seven year old? Like, hey, what's up? Oh, nothing. I'm a little bit tired. I had this for lunch. How about you? Oh, nothing. I'm doing okay. Does that happen with seven year olds? Yeah, my son's seven. He's in the first grade. Yeah, full go conversations about everything. My daughter's nine. Yeah, she. Really? They're super, their brains aren't messed up yet and they continue to grow. So they remember stuff that you said six months ago. Like, oh, yeah, dad, remember Abe Lincoln? He's the one that freed the slaves. Like, they, 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 stuff sticks in their brain. It's amazing. The slaves freed the slaves. Yeah, I know. Abe Lincoln was doing a lot of the groundwork, I guess, as they've taught them in school. Emancipation Proclamation. Emancipation Proclamation. Full school. And seven years ago. Look at our yeah. office gets it. Bingo. Would you ever let old Uncle Pat teach a class over there? Just kind of Skype me in? I mean, are you kidding me, Pat? This is, we don't know how long this break is going to be. You could teach as many classes as you want. We'll definitely, I'll bring an <laughs> iPad and we'll Skype you in. They'll sit around this little dining room table and we'll have Uncle Pat teach. Because you got to get creative with them to yeah. do different activities to keep them engaged. So, yeah, what would you want to take them through? Supply and demand. Yeah, that'd be great. We would do it. When I was their age, I was selling cigarettes to the neighborhood kids. And you were nine? No, no, fifth grade. How, how old are you in fifth grade? 11, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So were you really? You had a pretty good racket going. I Wait, get them, my, I get them my from daughter 20. sells slime. You, ever, you probably don't know. Kids make slime now. Oh, oh, they yeah. make all this wow. slime together, and they make a mess of your house. It's unbelievably messy, and we slime hate bros. it. But my daughter, she was making all the slime. Like, hey, we, we can't do this anymore, and if you're going to do this, you need to make it a business and start selling it. So I got her a bunch of these little plastic containers, and we go, like, oh, that's a good one. You sell that one for a dollar. This one, if you want, you should start getting you making custom slime for other kids and sell it for three, four bucks. So she's sold a few of them so far. Did you see the um, the kid that was selling pumps of hand hand uh, sanitizer? sanitizer? Yeah. Love that kid. Absolutely love that kid. He had a hand sanitizer thing. He was charging fifty cents a pump. And this is real. Like it was a legit thing. Yeah, I got kicked out of school for it. I mean. <laughs> He's miles ahead of that grade anyways. You should just move on to the next grade. Kids already beat the game. That kid's charging for pumps of hand sanitizer. Let's assume he understands enough to move to the next grade. Just get his ass up. What a hustle. Imagine him standing behind like in a library behind a bookshelf. Like, you want one? Come on. 50 cents. Get a pump. Whoop, yep, that's a pump and a half. Need another quarter. <laughs> Imagine him. That would be awesome. That's why I don't want to have kids, by the way, because my kid's going to be the one doing that, and I'm going to have to answer to him. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, you just got to be creative with them, but you got to – 
accentuate the positives from that. You know, he's going to be an entrepreneur, hustler guy. You just got to make sure you channel that in the right direction. Yeah, but my conversation with the teachers would be tough. Tough. Like, uh, we have to suspend him because he was selling. I was like, suspend? Don't we think we should maybe promote this kid? Like, this is, this is how much do you guys make a year? Okay, let's do the math. How many pumps does he have to sell to make what you make a year? And this kid's in, what, fifth grade? Get the fuck out of here. This kid's a genius. Get him out of here. All right, let's end the show. Uh, do you have a sign-off? You're going to have a sign-off every single show. You told me you wanted to motivate the people. Isn't that what he told us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he said you would motivate the commenters and the listeners to come back tomorrow and send their questions uh, to our Instagram posts about it. I have an Instagram post about it. Put your questions in there. Put them in the comments going on uh, going forward. And your, your motivational speech for our listeners to come back to McAfee and Hawk, a sports show, tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm not doing an inspirational thing. You like to do this and try to paint me into a corner and get all your little buddies to, to cheer and rally around and what? have the sarcastic cheer oh. for me to do something like that. No, 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 Just no. No, that's not what we do at all. You don't know us at all. So, yeah, I know your game. Um, I'm older than all what? of you, too, I believe. So, like, it's not like I'm the little brother that you're taking advantage of. That's what you try to do here in these moments. I know no, no, no. No, 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 no. AJ. No, no. So <laughs> I can hear hearing the guy's voices in the background. <laughs> AJ. <laughs> but yeah, I think right now we're in the weirdest time ever, Pat. We really are. Yeah, Stop. we are. It's a brutal, weird time. Stop clapping for me. It's not a not a motivational talk. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Let's go. Let's go. You have, a 10, you have a ten to twelve radio show still every day, correct? Oh yeah, oh, yeah I do. So yeah, at one at most likely at one p.m. daily, we're going to go on here and we're going to talk about what's going on and see a free agency in the world. Where's a wall for me to run through? Thank exactly. you for that, AJ. This is so That's stupid. What we're talking about. That's what we're talking about, AJ. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk. Nah. We Yep. This is the last one, Pat. <laughs> it was a good run. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Have a great day. Oh,